There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, mm. pico de gallo, oh. purple cabbage, Yummy. and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that oh, culture? Oh, yes. Goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las culturistas. Ding, Ding dong. Las, Las culturistas, culturistas calling. calling. Hi, Bowen. And the, you're. And can I say hi from the next room? Hi from the next room. So this is the current layout. This is the soundscape. Literally. Give it to um, him. I'm in my bedroom recording on on my dresser. Um, my 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 setup. My fantasy, I should say, is on my dresser. Mm-hmm, my mic, mm-hmm. my laptop, and then Matt's in the other room in my living room where I normally set for these podcast recordings. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Everyone. He's in town. He's communing with his parents. So get this, the hurricane, which name was Isaiah's? I don't know if that, that S is silent, but yeah, let's let's go with that. Isaiah, the hurricane that just happened, mm-hmm. really rocked Long Island, y'all, and mm. sort of took the internet away from my parents. Um, and uh, so I've traversed into Brooklyn to record with Bo and Yang, and we are in separate rooms doing that. And we've really had a wonderful time. Anytime I can see you. You know, the second you came into my apartment, we Mm. started putting on Notes on a Scandal. It felt like old times. We did start to watch Notes on a Scandal. Now, why did we do that? Because we we got it in our heads that we're actually a a listener, a reader, DM'd Matt pitching Mm -hmm. the idea that we should do a reading of Notes on a Scandal. Yes. And as some like benefit function or something. And then we were like, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But then in watching Notes on a Scandal, we thought this is not so great of an idea because it's very much a film. And in a reading of it would not go so great. So we thought, what's a play we could read? 
Yes. And so we're still exploring our options and, and we'll let you know if we if we arrive at something. No, no, no. That's actually an untruth. We know exactly what play we're going to read. But we're not going to give it away now. We're not going to give it away here unless you want to. That's brutal. I think we should. Okay. All right. Some of the readers don't know this, but Bowen and Bowen Yang and I wrote a play. It's called Night Soap. Night Soap. We did it at Ars Nova years we ago. We did it at Ars Nova years ago. It was Bowen and Yang and I. Actually, it was we were fully in drag. Ruby mm-hmm. Roo. Shout out to Ruby Roo. Shout out Ruby Roo. Head to toe geesh mm-hmm. so that we could do a show called Night Soap, which is a play in three acts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was basically a high point of Bowen, Bowen and I's artistic career. I had never had that much fun like writing something and then like realizing it and like just fully like start to finish, like have it have, sort of actualized and we read it again tonight when we realized like this notes on a scandal is not going to work and we're going to do it again soon i I don't know i don't understand your hesitance well i feel like we i feel like we have other logistical things to like nail down before before we start to like announce but no this is great i i love this sort of you mean such as a date and time and everything like that yes 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 you know i want to firm up those details before we make announcements but i'm happy that we're doing it now i really am the readers should know we're going to do a live reading of Bowen and I's play Night Soap, where we are two warring. What would you? What would? What is the plot of the show? <laughs> we're we're two warring matriarchs of chocolate empires. It's very much. It's like War Paint meets Dynasty meets Perfect. Dallas. You know, Literally, that, that's, yes. That's the elevator pitch. Um, it's really fun. We're really, you know, we read it back and it's it's it still makes us laugh. So hopefully we'll remount it for everybody. Um. But gosh, what else? Oh, I famously, everyone knows, I try to get Matt to read books. Matt texts me <clears> yesterday, <throat> goes, I finally read a book. I read a book, you guys. Okay, so my I'm spending time with my parents and they have no internet. So there was a book around the house. It was Mary L. Trump's book. So this is the niece mm. of Trump. And it's her book, which is Too Much and Never Enough. Read it. A thrilling read. You you liked it. I, I did like it. You have you you had a lot of takeaways. I have tons of takeaways because I feel that people have not in in trying to understand him, which is kind of a lost cause, whatever. But you could sort of start to understand what we're dealing with here by looking at his development. And the man had a psychopath father, so basically the guy had no capacity for human empathy, etc. So Donald mm-hmm. never learned that. And so mm-hmm. what we're dealing with now is someone who learned how to be a quote-unquote killer in business from his father. And I don't know, just, just to, not to expand on right. this much further, may, if you don't want to read the book, whatever, I get it. Some of some people might think there might be different, um, I don't know, what would you call it, intention behind her writing the book. But basically, it's interesting in understanding what we're dealing with here. Well, what's interesting, I mean, you were telling me about this. Um, we don't have to get too, too deep into it, but you were saying that one of the things that Mary says is that it's, wild and sort of dissociative and unsettling how we're all sort of catering to one man's identity catering yeah. to one man's identity and whims and all this stuff and it's like oh yeah that's so frat like that's what a what a what a wild sort of inversion of the way this country is like supposed to work if we're all just like cathected with like one person's behavior it's it's terrifying do you know what i think is so funny too before we introduce the guest which is a Truly We're an iconic so moment in Lost Culture oh Racist history. Let me just say one thing. Anyone that's like, yeah, well, she's just trying to sell a book. Here's the thing about when you write a book. You want it to sell. You want right. people to read it. So anyone that's like, oh, she just wrote this book to sell a book. Yes, that that's part of, that's, uh, that's how this works. You write a book. No, no, when I write a book, I want it to not sell. 
I, yeah. I want it to be like Max Bialystok producers. I don't want it to sell at all. Interesting point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about um, it. Like no, that. I know. I, I I know what you're saying. Look, I read a book. I found it interesting. If you want to read it too, go fucking do it. If you don't, I don't care. What makes me mad is that this is a book that I, this is not one of the books that I've told you to read. I have many books that I want you to read and you have not read a single one. No, of them. my next book I'm going to read is Trick Mirror. It was just going to, it was going to come weeks, 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 weeks in the future. And this was a book okay. that was right in front of me, but I have a, I have a That's good fair. solid list. But That's here's fair. the thing. I don't want anyone to do anything other than listen to this next podcast for the next hour or so, because this this is somebody that Los Culturistas is honored to have. Bowen. This is somebody that we have I know it's a little too recent to say this, but I feel like there's there's a place that you and I and a lot of other New Yorkers, let's say, mm-hmm. can be like uh, we, we can talk from a place and reminisce from a place of like, gosh, remember the days of Barracuda, like Monday nights at midnight, which means that which meant that like our guests would show up at one o'clock mm-hmm. to do her her show. And she would give you like stand up like bits and jokes and like the house down boots and then go into like the most genius mixes. And like we would go and it was just this like event every week to like go see Bob. It was such it was such a ritual for a lot of people, I think, at the time. I'd say the peak of a peak of being in New York and gay in New York would be and you know, in terms of like our friends, like going to see Bob the Drag Queen perform. Monday nights at midnight at Barracuda Lounge, which I got to tell him that I was a fan of when he did my show Game Show mm. several months ago, which came out on Quibi. You can watch it if you want. It's there. Um, it's out there. And I think that Bob the Drag Queen's episode with Darcy Carden is one of my very favorites. But basically, I do remember when we had been going to see Bob the Drag Queen perform every Monday night at midnight at Barracuda Lounge. All of a sudden, one day, Bob wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And we knew exactly where Bob went. Yes. And we knew exactly how that would go. And it did come to pass. And the rest was, as they say, herstory. Herstory. So everyone, please welcome to your ears. He's uh, a drag artist, uh, an activist, um, an Emmy nominated, on an Emmy nominated show. We're here and RuPaul's Drag Race for that matter. Which we happened to watch just hours ago and shedding tears. Fantastic. Uh, everyone, please welcome to your ears. Bob, Bob the, the drag, drag queen. queen. Hi, Bob. Those those were such nice things you all said about me. I, I well, didn't know there are you all things that we so, feel. I didn't know you felt so warmly. I wanted oh, to say I, we real feel quick, so warmly. You know, Matt. There's no shame in listening to books. I think there's a stigma that yeah, goes yeah. with listening to books. Yeah. And I I read really slowly. I just mm-hmm. for whatever reason I just read really slow. Slowly, I can't read it. Like when I'm, whenever I'm watching the TV, and then like the words come up, like the epilogue or the prologue or something, and the words, I start panicking. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, it's gonna be gone. And then everyone else is like, got it. And I'm like, I need. I like pause. I'm like, my brain just doesn't work that way. Or if I read, I fall asleep a lot of times. For some reason, the only place I can read and not fall asleep is on the New York City subway, which mm-hmm. is probably from an innate fear of being stabbed. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but. I I have started listening to books and it's a really great way to get the information and you can just do so much stuff. The multitasking is real. Yeah. Yeah. I got to do it. The thing is, I've always been such a music person and also I have trouble committing to anything long form. Like my boyfriend has the hardest time getting me to commit to any movie. Like I can't even watch a movie that's like over an hour and a half. But um, yeah, I mean, I need to do it. I also think there's something nice about just holding a book in your hands and reading a fucking book, which I was enjoying doing. I'm not that old school. I don't have any nostalgia for books. There are people like, mm. I just love, a, I think books 
are kind of a waste of resources and space. I look mm, at a library and I think, oh my God, all the books in this library could be on like five iPads. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> this big building, there's like 85 homeless people living on this block and this I know. huge building could have been used for something a little bit more resourceful. And I understand that libraries are more than just books or also computers and resource centers and and, and la da 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 da. But I'm saying, move out those books, you can make room for more resources. There we go. And also, okay. let's face it, let's face it, some of those books are never getting read. Not sure. ever in their goddamn book life or some of those Except books right now, read. you just read those old ass books. Yes, Bingo. read those books. And now, I, I reveled I in it. I want to single handedly take down the book. I'm. It's a lonely fight taking down the book, <laughs> in, the, the the paperback and hardcover book industry. But Listen. someone's got to someone's got to fight this fight. They're not good for the environment. There and there they are found dead. I mean, my thing with with audiobooks is that I I find that I don't absorb the information as well as I should be. Like I mm. feel like it's my ears glaze over and like sooner than my eyes do, or, or more easily than my eyes do. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm just I can I can just detach from the attention span, but. I mean, I, I I see I see value in both. I do want to um, destroy libraries, only private ones. The public ones can stay, but there's there's, there's a huge <laughs> there's a huge cropping of private libraries, y'all, in this country. Private? Is this a thing? No. Is this a real thing? No, no, I, I totally made that up. I totally. Uh, made I was that like, going, what in the? I know, uh, I know. Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> Connecticut is a private library. They would. They would in Connecticut. Wait, but Bob. Okay, talk about. Do you do you have a nostalgia? I'm mean, speaking of nostalgia. You're not you're not nostalgic for books. Do you do you have a nostalgia for like Barracuda days at all? I feel like those were like the days. Yeah, no, for sure. I really miss Barracuda. Um, mm. You know, so I did drag before I was Bob the Drag Queen. I did drag under the name Kitten with a Whip for a really long time, actually. Maybe yes, like, <laughs> not really long, like three three or four years. I was Kitten with a Whip, and then I moved to Barracuda as Kitten with a Whip. And about like two months in, I switched over to Bob the Drag Queen. And something just took off. Something ticked, and then people just started loving it. And you know, Monday nights at Barracuda were really legendary. Before me mm-hmm, was Peppermint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peppermint. Peppermint hosted for six years, yep. and before Peppermint, it was Candace Kane for ten mm-hmm. years. Wow! So for nineteen years, there had only been three hosts of Monday nights at Barracuda, um, and I did it for three years before going on to RuPaul's Drag Race. And it was just one of those nights that was just like. It really taught me so much about stand up, about myself, about myself as a performer. Like, it, it gave me a real grounding connection to my community. And it was one of the back in the day, back in my day, boy. Back in the um, day. When you, when you know, when you, if a queen got a show in Barracuda, she was one, she was like one of the best goddamn drag queens in New York City. Mm-hmm. It was like a stamp of approval. Whether you were good or not, if you got a job at Barracuda, everyone just assumed you were. And then you could make it, make it up later and figure out how to be good. Yeah. Yeah. The the pers the people who turned us on to you was our dear friends Josh Harp and Aaron Jackson who I think you I know. love them yeah they're the, they're best. the best we actually just saw Josh in the park we just ha- we just went out to the park to see Josh but they were like you have to come to Barracuda on Monday nights and they were the funniest people that we knew because we came up at UCB and doing the whole improv thing doing sketch etc and they were the funniest gays that we knew and they said bar none the funniest comedy show in New York. Is Bob oh the God. drag queen? Oh, so and nice. and they were they were and we not agreed. wrong. 
They were not wrong. And this was at the height of like the sort of rumor mill circuit. Like like this was like the legend. At, at this point, it's legend. But like mm-hmm. everyone just like the scuttlebutt being like, oh my God, like RuPaul was in disguise at Barracuda and tipped Bob $100. Like, can you believe it? And like all this stuff, like. Well, the rumors were around. What ended up actually happening was RuPaul came to the monster in the West Village. Yes, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. And, yes. And she asked for me at the door. She was like, is Bob the drag queen here? And um, and then, she, but she didn't tip me. She's kind of hid in the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know that was a really interesting story too. Like I was on a cruise ship once um, with Zach Noy Towers. I don't know if you all know Zach Noy Towers. Oh yeah, yeah we, love we love Zach. Who's my roommate here in LA, by the way? Oh um, really? Tell me. Yes, yes, he is. But um, we uh, we were on this cruise ship, and then Kathy and Jimmy was oh. on the cruise and saw my show, and she was like, "This is just the funniest show. You need to come." meet me by the french fries. So I went to the buffet and I met her by the french fries. <laughs> and then she goes, have you ever thought about doing RuPaul's Drag Race? And I was like, mom, everyone thinks about doing RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. She goes, wait one second. And then she calls a number, but no one answers. She goes, you didn't answer, but listen, RuPaul, I'm sitting here with some drag queen named Bob and she's <gasps> going to be the next winner of your show. Mm-hmm. So call me back. Wow. You're gonna, you want to know about this queen. Wow. So I got this verified, actually, because I was by this is a long story, but long story short, I ended up on What's the Tea. I actually was on it with with yes. Rue. And before that, I was like, you know, I used to go see Bob like on Monday nights at Barracuda. And Rue, Rue was like, you know, I had been hearing all about Bob the Drag Queen and I knew I had to get down there. And I saw that show and I was ripped up. I, I thought it was the oh. most amazing thing. And then oh. Rue was also talking about how... Um, Around that time was when, because I think it was season six when Sissy That Walk was like the song of the runway, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go ahead, tell us it's a great, it's a great. I was there, I was in the room, it was wild. Yeah. And so people were like, basically, the girls were like walking the runway too and rip and like cutting it up to Sissy That Walk. I'll tell you the exact story. So, RuPaul walks in wearing this big bubble coat and this like bucket hat. And asked the door, the doorman, is Bob the, dra- is Bob the drag queen performing tonight? And then the guy was like, yeah. And then one of the bartenders who was gay, because you know the doorman's always straight. Uh-huh. Some, some bartender goes, oh my God, that's, that's RuPaul. And then runs downstairs. And then it's like, don't tell anyone to the manager. Don't tell anyone. But RuPaul's here. And then the manager goes, oh, my God, and then runs to me and says, don't tell anyone. <laughs> As if you but were you not the person to tell. That RuPaul's here. I said, oh, my gosh. I ran to the DJ and I said, girl, don't tell anyone. <laughs> but you should know RuPaul's here. Then he goes, I'm going to play Sissy That Walk. I was like, do not. He was like, I'm going to play it. Then you hear, dun, 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 uh. dun. And then out of nowhere, all the uh, the the, the queen because there are a lot of drag queens would show up to the to uh, look queen, and yeah. um, so they they like kind of did like a soul train line. They they made an aisle, and then all these queens just start doing the sissy that walk, and we started walking and dancing, and everyone's singing the song live, and RuPaul's just in the back corner, just listening to it, watching all of us like go off to the song. Wow. So Rue Ru is under the impression that no one knew that Rue was there. And I kind of was, as he was telling me that, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> You're very inconspicuous. In Rue's defense, the patrons didn't know, but everyone uh, who worked there knew. Gotcha. Which is kind of best case scenario. That's the best setup for it anyway. It's like the audience yeah. might as well be in for a surprise. But as long as yeah. they didn't like create anxiety for the performers, then that's like, then that's ideal. No, I get excited. Pressure, I, I work, I do really well under pressure. Um... I get really excited at the opportunity to perform or to mm-hmm. be goofy or silly or make someone that I 
look up to, laugh. I'm I, like, when I met Whoopi Goldberg, I was excited. I wasn't like, I hope I don't say mm. anything dumb. I was like, I'm going to be hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How was yeah. Whoopi to, to work with? I mean, okay, that's, let, I did not work with Whoopi. Let's, let's, let's oh, roll okay. back Lauren Yang. I don't want to give the impression that me and Whoopi <laughs> did a movie together. I, <laughs> it's I have been, I like, Whoopi, Whoopi did the 50th anniversary to, uh, uh, the, of, of, of the riot. And I yeah. was there for that. So she introduced me, but we didn't do a sister act or anything. And I went to her birthday party and I went to her to the view. So we've hung out a few times, but we have not worked together. I wish. I would say I would say that there's there's a semi-professional capacity there. <laughs> I mean, I, we were both be we were both professionally paid to be there that evening. So in that regard, and we also both did uh Barclays for the Pride kickoff. Yeah. Mm. That was last last summer was a good summer. That was a good summer, wasn't it? What's wrong with this one? <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't one. Um, I will ask, were you as sure as we were as your fans that you would dominate that season of Drag Race or how nervous were you to go in there? Because season eight, this was this was like after season six, seven, the show had hit like a peak in terms of like, it was huge like within the gay community. It had yet to hit like the season nine, season 10 levels of like everyone in the mainstream is talking about it. But this was a huge fucking deal. But still, yeah. you had to feel pretty good, I would think, from watching Seven it. was the first season to be Emmy nominated. And I believe eight, my season was the first season to win an Emmy. So we had just mm. started getting any right, buzz right. around my season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Those facts may be a little off, but my mm -hmm. season was, I'm almost positive, the first season to win, and we won uh, Best Costume. Uh, Zaldi won Best Costume. Yeah, Zaldi. Um, Zaldi, yeah. And um, I don't know if you know Zaldi. Zaldi's an amazing uh, fashion designer mm -hmm. um, based out of L.A. or New York, yep. one of the two. Um, anyway, that's not the point. But what, you know, I've always had a really strange sense of confidence. I really think I'm really great at stuff. My mom always told me I could do anything except sing. My mom assured <laughs> me that I could do everything except sing. Um, and I believed her. My mom told me I was the best. I really believed it for a really, really long time. And that's also just kind of a demonstration of what it, what it looks like when you encourage your children instead of like knock them down. I mean, look at someone like Gigi Good, whose mom helps her and makes her mm -hmm. costume. She went on to be in the finals of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And when you tear your kids down, it's hard for them. So your parents can break you in a way that you can't, that you can't sometimes can't recover from. Or they really a lot of work to recover from. And my mom really, really built me up. And I'm just so lucky that, that I uh, ended up with Martha Caldwell uh, in my corner. So when I got the call, I was pretty sure I had won Drag Race. This is before mm. I saw it. And then when I walked in and saw the competition, I was like, oh, I definitely... <laughs> because you had you had you had some competitors there i mean to be fair to the rest of them like no there were great competitors kim, kim she was amazing i mean Naomi you had Smalls, Ms. Naomi. Berry, thorgy thor acid betty yeah um there are lots of amazing drag queens i just think i just in my mind i remember thinking to myself i'm just more suited for this particular challenge not that i'm better than them but in terms of what this requires i think i'm I think I'm suited better than they are. Well, you know, and people have pointed this out, but there was no development storyline with you. There was no thing of like, mm -hmm. oh, well, Bob's mm -hmm. come in and, you know, there's... He's got some work to do here. It's like, that wasn't sure. really a thing. <laughs> well, they tried to do like a um, Bob learns how to do makeup, but I just didn't get any better. So they had to let that storyline go. <laughs> But then you couldn't even dispute the, that, like, Bob, like, couldn't put together an outfit from, like, raw materials because, like, you did purse first on the first episode and then it, then it just, like... So. 
Right, but yeah, but you like you like made a look out of curtains, and then like it, and then you were like, okay, well, Bob can sew, and then Bob is a comedy queen, and Bob can you know do all these different things, and uh, the, the I mean, historic snatch game where you did two people, like it was just like it was a very it was a very like trailblazing trailblazing trailblazing. Yeah, well, thank um, you. I mean, it, I, it was also one of the things where I, I would go in and set up people like, why did they let you do two snatch games? And I was like, well, I didn't ask. Yeah. I just did it. I didn't, never I asked. Did it. And I remember thinking, myself, they don't like it. They'll probably shut, stop down production and tell me to switch back. But in the meantime, uh-huh. I'm just going to fucking do it. I snuck, I snuck the Carol in under my prison uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. As long as Rue is laughing, everything goes. Like, I, I have talked to some gays out there that are like, because I've, I've spoken with some gays, and very few of them are like, I've, in speaking with gays, very few of them are like, well, I think it should be one character the whole time. And I'm like, bitch, no. If you no. are being funny during Snatch Game and you're killing it and you can whip out another, like, alter ego or another performance, you should do that. The whole thing is, like, a performance of comedy yeah. so let, well to those gays laugh. you can tell them that bob the drag queen who is a professional disagrees but also the real i, re- I would I mean, love to do that but also the thing is like girl i mean the the, the rubal always says the only rule in snatch game is make me laugh that's the only yep. rule make me laugh yeah just yeah. make me laugh and i was like well i got that that's that's i can do that for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. yeah i mean the best the best in the biz and also i think people are now kind of annoyed at the idea of people switching it up because now people are like now, now folks are like, oh, someone's trying to do that Bob thing. It's kind of like when, when after Sasha did the rose petals, and then everyone, then Asia does butterflies, and everyone's like, now it's too much. And mm-hmm. and I, I don't believe that you shouldn't be trying to do stunts. I think you should really think them through. Because I'm from New York City. We pull stunts in New York City all the time. I used to go to yeah. see Thorgy at the Ritz at a party called Saliva every Tuesday. And I, I and I once saw a girl go as far as to shit an apple out of her ass. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, you, so if y'all yeah. think some butterflies are a stunt, bitch, come to New York City. You don't, you don't know what a fucking stunt yeah. is. Go to this and that on a fucking Wednesday night and see what a fucking stunt TNT. is. And come see the circus. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. TNT. I wonder if this is a thing that's specific within drag or within the queer community as like the appraisal, the appraisers of like the, uh, any particular art form. But it's like it goes so quickly from being something goes so quickly from being like innovative to being like a gimmick that I'm just like if if there, if more time can be like afforded to like watch something be developed over a longer period of time without people writing it off so quickly is like I mean the Asia thing was tragic, but I was I was kind of like thinking in the back of my head like oh but like I also wish that like if that was successful that would have been kind of great even though it didn't match any of those janet jackson songs but like that... yeah it just that it, was, it just that it wasn't completely well thought out and yeah, maybe sure. if maybe if she had like at least 100 butterflies as opposed to like three or four butterflies like i don't think yeah. she realizes how many butterflies you would need to actually make an impact Yes. Right. Yes. Like I was course. in that dressing room when Sasha Velour was putting those rose petals in that wig. We uh-huh. were sitting literally side by side, and she was. Cr- what you all don't realize is this. Actually, here's a little behind the scenes, T. So Sasha had different numbers planned. She had completely right. different number plans. She had some scissors in her garter in case she got crazy, which the other girls got. So she was going to start cutting the wig up and do this whole crazy number. Right. 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 And then she had the um, rose petals in the wig for How Will I Know. And I think she had one other thing with So she had a different number planned for both ones. Wow. So it was that, right. that was not just her. It wasn't her being like, no matter what, I'm doing rose petals. It was right. like, 
I'm doing rose petals for specific. She came up with a how will I know number. Then she came up with a crazy number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she had a fully realized thing for both the Whitney and Britney number. Yeah. So, so another thing that I think people are not really thinking about when they say, oh, well, Sasha had that stunt. That was also an amazing lip sync. And she was emotionally yeah. keyed right into it. And I think whenever people reduce that to a stunt, I'm like, look at that woman performing, though. Like, yeah, she is yeah. right on the, she is emotionally living it. And that, like, ripping of her wig off into the rose petals, like, worked with the lyrics, worked with the tone of the song, like, completely. Well, so with, I, she started off with the rose petals saying, hey, yeah. does he love me? Does he love me? Now, you know, you ever seen the old Thing, yes, he loves me. Loves me not. He loves me. And Whitney Houston says in the song, "If he loves me, if he loves mm -hmm. me not, then there's more rose petals in the sleeve, yeah. and then more rose." So it, it it actually was a really cleverly. uh It was really well done. It was it a, like she always insight. does. Like it was a it was a performance piece. Like it was a fully realized. She wasn't trying. She wasn't was trying to lip sync against anyone. She was just doing the number. Bingo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of numbers, um, let's talk about we're here. So we yes. I was thinking about this today, and I what I love about the show is that um, it's not you, Eureka, and Shangela being of service necessarily to people. It's you guys are definitely. I think you're all resources to be sure for everybody for all the charges that um, you sort of bring in and 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 look over. But I, I feel like it's a show that's just about like performance. It's just about it's it's about expression, obviously. But it's it's I like that it's a show where you're not like. The end result is not like a furnished house or like a skin oh, regime. Well, or something, I mean, the, the difference know? between this and like queer eye people ask a lot. First of all, the stuff we're giving them is completely unusable. Like, what? Are, <laughs> like, what are you? What are you gonna do with this fucking costume besides wear uh -huh. maybe once a year? And after mm -hmm. the first year, it's getting kind of old. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what the hell are we? Are you gonna do with this fucking? Like, we you can't use this stuff. It's completely unusable. But we uh -huh. are making these really great connections with people and building, helping them build us as a community and amplifying the voices of, especially when we amplify the voices of marginalized people. Like, I can't get over Nate and Lady Suge. I don't know if you watched them all yet, but if you have not watched them mm -hmm. all, I suggest you watch Farmington. Nate and Lady Suge from the Navajo Nation in Shiprock mm -hmm. in New mm -hmm. Mexico. That episode that was beautiful. Is just... It was amazing. That was the, the Mrs. Bride of Frankenstein thing? Yeah, or? that was the Bride of Frankenstein yeah. number, yeah. And people don't realize that me and Shantel and Eureka, we come up with those numbers. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no team. You must have. There's no team that that does them and then we just act like we did it. No, we, 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 we choose the songs, we come up with the numbers, we go to the design teams, we explain the costume we want, we go to the set builders, we talk to her, tell her what outfit we want, what, what set we want, and we build each number. It's each so number. conceptual. They're so conceptual, um, and they're and they're wonderful. But yes, no, I that oh, episode yeah. is so like I I mean I I kind of have this crazy sort of like emotionless experience as a viewer for most things. But like they're and I I mean I mean you really just sort of get choked up. I mean I just kind of put it in in context with the fact that there are these communities in these parts of the country where you would where any coastal elite would think that like oh you know, like Twin Falls, Idaho is missing something that New York has. But it's like, but that's not necessarily true. Like there are these, there are the people there to like build out these communities that would be in place anywhere else. Yeah, it, it is. Right? A, it's a microcosm yeah. of a microcosm. You know what I mean? So the drag yes. world is a microcosm of the real world. And then you have Twin Falls, Idaho, which is a microcosm of like a New York City drag scene. It's like a smaller version yes. of it. And I, I think that it, it really feels great to be a part of something that feels really impactful. And we're, we're not 
we don't, we're not, we're not um, mentors. We're not uh, counselors. We're just people having connections with other people. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. a little bit cheesy, but if you watch the show, you realize mm-hmm. that really is what it is. It's not a makeover show. We're not giving them anything no. yeah. that is actually usable. It's just <laughs> us using this as a distraction to amplify the voices of trans people, queer people, uh, black people, Asian people, indigenous people, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to ask just because it's been a long time since I ventured out of L.A. just because of the quarantine. And I these past uh, few days, I've been on Long Island, which is obviously part of New York State. And so people think blue state and they kind of think, oh, it must be sort of liberal leaning. But on Long Island, it is like I was taking a walk the other day and every other house, there was a huge Trump flag. It's really crazy. And I kind of felt like I was in the twilight zone walking down the street because I'm like, what are people seeing that I'm not, that they could possibly be in support of this ideology and this um, administration? What does it feel like um, to be you and go into these places? I know you've traveled a lot because of RuPaul's Drag Race and because you're a successful drag artist, but is there a sense of like self-consciousness or fear that you get going into towns like this and having the responsibility of being that person who's going to like help this person change their ideology. What does it feel like going and doing the show? Well, I mean, I'm from a red state. Um, so I, I was, I, I'm not from New York city. I wasn't raised mm-hmm. in New York city or, mm-hmm. or, or anything. I was, I was born in Georgia. I was raised in Georgia, Alabama and Mississippi. Um, so I, I'm not a complete stranger to being a liberal in a red area. Um, and even my theater program when I was in college was like this like weird Republican theater <laughs> theater program. Republican theater program. Republican theater program. <laughs> Look, I remember being in the green room in my college, like this like this like the theater lounge at my college, and like arguing about like George Bush versus like I can't remember who it was at the time. John Kerry or something? maybe yeah. John Kerry, yeah, yeah. Um, and and being like. Yeah, because Al Gore had lost one before and it was John Kerry. Yeah, and, and just kind of like arguing with this guy who was like much older than I was and way more articulate than I was and really ruined, like pummeling me. He was like a grad student and I was like 18. Like, yeah, but he's that, that, that kind of thing. Um, and, but I also realized too, when you look at these people, because I've been really obsessed. I've been in, girl, these YouTube like K-holes. Like you just watch YouTube, the Tati Westbrook, uh-huh. well, it's, it started, it actually all started with Tati Westbrook. That's so funny. With Tati. And now there is this YouTube genre that is just YouTubers doing videos about other YouTubers. Yes. Yes. And yes. there are these YouTubers who do documentaries about YouTubers. It is in, <laughs> I'm like, there's this YouTuber named Peminop who I watch every single, like I'm obsessed. Anyway. Then I started getting to this whole like Trumper YouTube thing, and I realized that a lot oh. of those folks are they what they are doing is they're operating from fear. I don't think that the goal they have is completely different than the goals I have, but the they're operating out of a place of fear. They feel like they're losing something, and quite frankly, in order for all of the people in America to have more equality, the people at the top have to start losing power. The people up mm-hmm. here have to get rid of something. For the people down here to have something because power mm-hmm. is finite. The idea that power is infinite. No, bitch, it's not. There's an infinite number of jobs. There's an infinite number of money. There's an infinite number of food. There's an infinite number of houses. So for the people at the bottom to have more, the people at the top have to start giving up more. Yeah. And yeah. they realize that. And it's scary. But then also the people who are down at the bottom are being used. And they think these fucking poor white people in Alabama, 
don't they realize Trump is not for you, Mary? Yeah. Trump just signed an executive order to uh, to like demolish Social Security. Now you are in your you are sixty four. You're about to hit the fucking limit, and next thing you know, you won't have Social Security because you voted yourself out. And then I realized that Trump's not not actually acting in their interest as much as they think. But, and then, and I mean, then I don't want to do a whole politics. No, no, we're happy to talk about it. It's just it's just crazy to me because it's exactly what you're saying. Like, I'll say on this podcast because I know some of my cousins listen to it. And I will take this risk. I have two aunts and one of them is high income and one of them is lower income, middle class to lower income. And they both support Trump. Do you think that the one who's low income thinks she might be the one who's high income, but she doesn't know how much your other aunt makes? Is she like, wait, uh, so and so makes more than me? I think it's more cultural than that. I, I think mm-hmm. I think once it gets obviously once it gets to the middle lower income, it must be a cultural thing or like a spiritual thing or a religious thing yeah. because what else could it be? Because you're literally voting in your own malinterest or whatever. The well, word because is. what happens is Trump, what he does is he panders to um, other fears they have. For example, Trump will get up there. Trump will talk about uh, like let's say the liberals will say something like. We just want to make sure that everyone gets health care. And then Trump will get on the platform and say something like, we're not going to be having you pay for other people's health care. And as a reminder, I believe strongly in the Second Amendment. We're like, whoa, 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 right, right, whoa. Right, 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 right. What, yeah. what are you? What? To like throw those little things in there. Yeah. We're talking about healthcare. Who's talking about who's talking about guns? Sure, yeah. sure. Well, because because there was some like leaked memo where um they were considering using just because poll poll numbers were slipping for Trump, that the team, that the campaign team was considering using "quote unquote" transgender sort of yeah, this is the new thing talking points as just as a wedge issue, which is like, oh, okay, so this is this is the game, and also this is the playbook, and also before I forget, but yeah, your whole social security example, it's like, oh, well, Mary also turns out that she is in favor of social security, and so that's like an actual literal like social program, and so. Like it's like it's like you're it's like no one knows what their interests are. And people think that like what people don't realize, they think that this like this Social Security is like some random government money. No, that is money you paid for. You're supposed Mm -hmm, to get it mm -hmm. back. And Trump's trying to just take it and just be like, I'm going to keep we're going to keep it and use it for something else that you didn't approve to do. But now we're going to but now it's going to switch at the very last minute. So when you're able to do stuff like Ignite, uh, like if these people think that Trump genuinely has any, Trump doesn't give a fuck. Trump, Trump probably doesn't hate trans people, but he knows that he can say something about mm-hmm, them yeah. and then get his base fired up. And then he can use that fodder to then go ahead and make it seem like, then get them all riled up. So they don't know that he's trying to do the social security thing or he'll, he'll get up there and he'll say something that to, to completely distract Trump's Trump's values are clearly not Christian. Yeah. But then he runs on this like I'm super Christian. He says stuff like no one loves the Bible more than me. He mm-hmm. said those words with his own. He said, no one mm-hmm. knows more about building walls than I do. If that's true, let's put you in a fucking field with brick and mortar and watch you build a wall since you yep. fucking know so much <laughs> about it. Also, your wall is failing. A big chunk of your wall fell over because of strong wind. I couldn't believe so that great- shit. So how great are your walls, Donald? Mm-hmm. They're not the concrete. The metaphor was wild. <laughs> They're not concrete. Parts of them are just bars. You know what I mean? Yeah, Naomi slaps. Smalls could Naomi Smalls could slip through the cracks of some of these fucking <laughs> walls. Naomi Walls could bend over backwards now we know and walk Ex- right exactly. through. Exactly. Yeah. The back bending of it all, that was a new trick. 
<laughs> exactly. So I'm like, girl, don't even like it. But it is a when when you pander to people. But also, I don't want for, for even one second to let people believe that the left are the only people pandering. No, I mean? no, I no, think, no. I think they certainly nailed it. and They've gotten better at it. And there are people that are much more receptive to it. But over on the on the right, they be pandering too. Hillary Clinton was talking about a hot sauce in her bag, and Joe Biden was talking oh, yeah, about it. Yeah. If you if I ain't black, if you ain't vote for me, you ain't black. And I'm yeah, like, no, no. I mean, look, it, it's it's all a mess, and we're dealing with decades of mess. And I feel like it's a very recent awareness that that a lot of people have about how fucked up it is. And I I, I think we're like I said to my dad the other day. I was like, you know, it's a. <sighs> We're trying to talk about what could possibly be any of the positives out of this situation. And I know for me, I, there will never be another midterm I will ever skip, local election I will ever skip. And I do yeah. think there is like a gr- such a greater awareness of, you know, what our responsibility and our rights are as American citizens. So at least that. But, you know, it's, yeah. well, also, it's tough. I also think so much, too, about um, – I don't know. This whole election is going to really rob people up in a way. It's really odd. Like, I'm not really here to like shame anyone for their smarts or anything, Mm -hmm. but I am. But I I do think I'm allowed to say whether or not someone is qualified for for their job or not. I mean, based on my little experience of just being an American. But like when the president goes on TV, it really is embarrassing when the president says stuff like. Well, we're we have like when when he's on the Axios interview and he's he says we have less cases of Corona than the world. I don't know if y'all heard him say that. But he goes, we have less cases than the world, and they're like, yeah, because we're included in the world's Corona count. Or when he goes, when the interviewer goes, we have the most cases by percentage, like based on our population. He goes, mm-hmm. no, not that. Don't do that. And we, he won't go back and say stuff like, you know what, guys, everyone freeze. I said this was no more dangerous than the flu. I need to take that back. That is mm-hmm. absolutely completely false. I misspoke. That is not true. This disease has killed almost a hundred, almost two hundred, two hundred thousand people just in America alone. We have almost five million cases in this country. Roll it back. It is more dangerous, considering mm-hmm. that this is that this disease, this, this sickness has killed more people, more Americans in the Vietnam War. I would say it is dangerous. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Let's but take a a go bone. No, no, no. Yeah, cut to. Cut I, to I break. think we'll just take a quick break and then. No, we'll wait, ask... wait. You know what? You know, I think no. I think we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> okay. If and only because so. the queen said so. We'll be right back. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Okay, so we in fact are back and at this point, uh, Bob, the drag queen, we would like to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests, each and every single one. And Bowen, what exactly is that? Because I forgot. Oh, no, Matt, you shouldn't forget. Bob, what is the, the question me? is, what is the culture that made you say culture is for me? This is a formative piece of pop culture. It could be a movie, a book, a person, an an, an area, like anything at all. That, and like, also, I didn't forget. I didn't. And, and he I, didn't and forget. That and was... I have to choose one. No, it can be. It you can know be what? It can be whatever you want because we let, let's talk. Well, I had a few moments for me. A big moment for me growing up was um, like just the culture surrounding Whoopi Goldberg, seeing mm-hmm. her in Sister uh-huh. Act, hearing her in Lion King, watching yep. her in Ghost, Karina Karina, Long mm-hmm. Walk Home. Mm-hmm. I like seeing someone on TV who looked like me, mm-hmm. who didn't have eyebrows like me, who was dark skinned <laughs> like me. Being uh, told that she was amazing, being awarded yeah. practically every award you can get in entertainment. Yep. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Let's. I would now get her a fucking Soul Train award or something, so she'll have them all. Um, yeah. Were like, you familiar with her one woman show? 
Do you think I just turned black and gay yesterday, man? Come on, <laughs> but I mean, like as a but I mean, like as a youngster. Jesus Christ! Yes, <laughs> I mean, as, as like as like a child, no. But it, yeah. in in my like like in my college years, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was like the VHS vaults of the college and all that stuff. And of course, once yes. YouTube once YouTube came out when I was in college, um, I would get a hold of from over there. But um, like I just so like Lion King. Um, Sister Act, Sister Act Two, Karina mm-hmm. Karina, Ghost, Long Walk Home, mm-hmm. all that stuff, all that Whoopi content. I, I'm a huge like I just love Whoopi Goldberg a lot. Yeah. Um, and also full, full, I, I genuine culture reset was RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Watching yeah. season one of RuPaul's Drag Race, I saw someone on TV who I thought looked like me. It was Bibi Zaharbonet, and the everything legend. that I thought was bad about me, black, faggoty. Gay, femme, like I felt ugly, nappy hair, everything that I was told made me bad. The, I saw this person on TV being told that those were all the things that actually made her really fabulous. That was being mm. told that, that not, not, she wasn't great despite those things. She was great because, because. of those things. Yeah. Yes, and it's, yes. it's something that happened on We're Here, Amelia. I, I think about it all the time. She said, Everything about me has been used against me at one point in my life. And that really stuck with me. That I cannot forget those words. Everything about mm-hmm. me has been used against me at one point in my life. And I was like, yeah. I, re- I relate to that. But then she found this community of drag where they don't call her some fat dude. They say, go big girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everything mm-hmm. that, like the fact that her bald head became a symbol of beauty for her drag. You yeah. find a community that uplifts all the things that you were told made you garbage. And you find out that it actually makes you gold. Yes. <sighs> Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And what what was it like when you first met BB? We've met BB and it was everything we could it's ever beautiful. imagine. It's a wonderful BB is experience. a legend. Oh, I mean the first time I, I mean meeting BB is a combination of magical, remarkable and exhausting. For yes. those of you who for those of you who don't uh who don't aren't familiar with BB's Harbonnet, but maybe you are a later drag race watcher. Bibi Zaharbonet was Valentina before Valentina was Valentina. Yeah, that's so perfect. Yeah. Someone who really feels the fantasy. Like yes, she made believes, her own yes. rules about existence. Yeah. She, she everything she's saying, it is real to her. Yes. She is an African queen. She is like she's wild. She's Diana Ross singing Circle of Life. That's who Bibi yep. Zaharbonet is. Yeah. I used to sew dresses for her. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, I, used to, I used to sew her dresses and I, I would <laughs> I mean, she didn't get some I've ever told this. Well, I'm done. Who cares? I was throwing <laughs> these dresses and I was wearing like a gown and I would go. I had never sewn anyone besides her best. Her roommate was my best friend at the time. So I had sewn her dresses, but just because we were friends, I was like, I'll show you a dress because I love you. I sewed BB a dress and I was like, I don't know what to charge for this. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> she was, she's so cheap. She's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> BB was like, hey, baby, listen, I will do all of the embroidery myself. I'll do all of the stoning. Um, I will give you, yeah, here's a 50. 50. I oh, made a whole dress. $50? I made a whole $50. Dress. And granted, no. it was the dress probably was not great. It was probably not a brilliant dress, but I made it. And I was like in my 20s. And <laughs> she did the same thing she did to Aja, where she took that dress and she called it a shell. She goes, well, you make the shell. And then I zhuzhed it up. And I'm like, bitch, I wow. made a fucking dress. Yeah, you made a garment. <laughs> but 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 she is one of the people that really inspires me and I just I love her a lot. I really think she's truly epic and I I am so happy Bowen tell I mean when when we discovered BB. Well, I mean we we sort of rediscovered her along with a lot of other people I think uh during All-Stars 3 and then it was just this thing of like oh right like she she is she is sort of 
been crystallized in amber this whole time since season one and mm-hmm. has basically been unchanged. And then, like, we just fell down this hole of just watching every single one of her music videos. Which are and amazing. The- the Cameroon video is, I mean, to 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 recall this comparison, is it is Diana Ross singing "The Circle of Life." It is yep. like pure, beautiful, like her like dancing in some park in Minneapolis with like all these other people, and then just her like truly like making love to the camera, and like she's a star, she's a goddamn star. So the 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 dress the dresses I made were for her music video face. Face. face, yeah, yeah. Face I made the wonderful. dress. I, I made like that's three, a, two or three. I made two or three of the dresses in in the face video. That's a wow. good. That, that's a good video. Well, that's you a don't great know, video. The, the legend, the the, 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 the tradition of making a Rue Girl videos. BB Zaharbonne was the first Rue Girl to make a video, and the song was called that's "I'm true. the Shit." I'm I'm the, I'm shit. the shit. I'm the shit. I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm the shit, and then there's um fun tonight, which is great. Yeah. And then, yeah. There of is course, no, but there is no. I mean, talk about like. All these girls come out with their videos, and I, I mean, we love Purse First. That's up there. For me, there is nothing like Jungle I'm, Kitty. Jungle Kitty. Jungle, Jungle Kitty is, is a narrative. It's a powerful sort of presence and acting. And like, the who sent you in the beginning? <laughs> Just the interaction between her and him. And I the am way the she biggest. I am yeah. the one. Yeah. She is here. It's it's right behind the eyes. It is. She is. And also the yeah. very when she butts him in the face with the with the with, oh. the, with the blunt end of a baseball bat. It's violent. This, now, this is this is not me like a uh, two male horn, but I'm going to say this: if you have not, in, this is a video of mine that is lesser known. Not a lot of people know about this. I would encourage you all to watch my video. Yet another dig. This is one of yet my another dig. Yet another achievements. Dig. This is one of my. Honestly, legit. Actually, I want you. I want you to watch it and then talk to me about. It. I will wait the three minutes after the podcast. I'm <laughs> really proud of this. It's it's old. We will it's watch about, it. It's about two or three years old at this point, but I'm still very proud of that video. Also, I mean one one of my favorite tracks that you're on is Todrick Wrong Bitch. Oh yeah, um, I, I, I do love. Wrong I Wrong fucking Bitch. love Wrong Bitch, and I love all of Todrick's stuff. And I feel like Todrick does not get the amount of attention that he deserves for what exactly goes on in his brain. And his- Todrick is amazing. Todrick is next level. Todrick is insane. Like, I've <laughs> yeah. never seen, to be honest, at all, I've never met anyone who works as hard as Todrick Hall. I can yeah. almost guarantee you, even Beyonce doesn't work as hard as Todrick. I can almost promise you that. What a claim. I mean, creatively, he executes so much. I mean, he's choreographing for the girls. He's choreographing for the Rue girls. He's doing his own he stuff. He's cons- he choreographs for Beyonce. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, he's like Does choreographing he really? for the girls. Yeah, he did uh, 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 Must Be Good to You. What's that one? Must oh. be good to you. That video. Which oh, is the a blow. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that really or, yeah. feels like him, actually, now that you say that. Because I know he's, I know he's um, in the Taylor universe. Yeah, he works for, with Taylor as well. I, I I agree that Drag Race was this cultural reset, and um, yeah, for sure. And and I feel like well, season seven, but then season eight was sort of the first season where you had people, um, vocally be like, "I did drag after the show started." Like mm-hmm. I like this was a new generation, the new turnover of people in well, drag. I, I said to the camera, "I started doing drag because of the show." I'm on my first yeah. Um, and that was that was huge for me. I, I was not a drag queen before post drag race. I mean, I had done drag like maybe once or twice in college uh-huh. for like uh-huh. theater stuff, but never like in the in the clubs like real yeah drags. yeah. But it was Gosh. seeing BB that made you feel like this could be something that's for me. 
Yeah, it was BB. I, I remember going, I had uh, TiVo, that's how long ago it was. And I was scrolling <laughs> through TiVo and I was going through, I went to the gay channel, I just scrolled through the gay channel and I saw RuPaul. I was like, RuPaul has a show? Record. Mm. And then I watched it, I got home from work and I was like, wow. oh my God, this show's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I've, I've watched every episode yeah. of Drag Race in real time. Yeah. For sure. Were you doing stand-up before that, or were you kind of just doing... So I was writing stand-up, but I had never actually... I was too afraid to get on right. stage and do it, and then I decided to try my hand at stand-up mm-hmm. on the same night I tried my hand at drag. So I did... My my first night in stand-up was also my first drag performance ever mm-hmm. at the New York Comedy Club. I see. What does it feel like to sort of have, like, the industry, quote-unquote, take drag queens seriously as comedians because we actually had we had jinx in alaska on one of our shows and i had a conversation with jinx afterwards and she was like you know every time we kind of come to one of these things like it always feels like um they always treat us like the drag queens and they don't treat us like actual talent do you feel like there's been like a shift in the past few years about how you get treated as like just an artist and a comedian and a performer yeah well for me i mean i know that i've started um really uh, shifting how like the gigs I'll do. For example, like years ago, I got called by uh, I got called by what's what's his fucking name, Andy Cohen, to mm-hmm. do uh, one of you know he has all the drag queens show up and they act like the celebrities. Yeah, the Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, yeah, Watch What Happens Live, and I did one for Angela Bassett, mm. and then they called me after I won Drag Race, and I was kind of like. You're not going to go sit behind the bar now. No. I remember thinking to myself, but I'm one of the celebrities. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's what I thought to myself. I was like, but I should be, I should be in the, in the chair. Especially yeah. on a show with a gay audience. Like, we'd be more excited to see you than fucking someone on fucking CBS's elementary. Get it over. So I told, so I told them that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to come back and do it. And I said, the only way I'll ever come back and do the show is if I'm sitting in the chair. Wow. And of course, they've called me a few times. Do you want to come impersonate uh, so and so? I'm like, no, I really yeah. don't. I genuinely don't have any desire. No, no, well, I respect that. Yeah, you have. I feel like you have very successfully sort of kind of branched out, branched out, quote unquote. But like you doing like angels in in San Francisco was like like a thing that like people took notice of. I feel and yeah. So what happened was Tony Kushner, and if you don't know Tony Kushner, Tony Kushner is the Pulitzer winning, uh, Emmy award winning. I mean, he's won. He's he's huge. He's wrote Angel in America, Abraham. I mean, Lincoln. He wrote he wrote, he wrote Angel in America. Wrote Lincoln. He wrote Carolina Change. Yes. Um, he's a, a really big deal. Anyway, he was he's a fan of Drag Race. He watched Drag Race, and at some point, he was like, uh. "Bob seems like he'd be a good actor." So he literally just went to my website. <laughs> Tony like, Kushner. Tony Kushner went to my <laughs> website and was like, "Hey, be in my show." Will you always ah! watch Be Belize, which is like... Be Belize! One of, it's, it's an incredible role. Thank you. It was really fun whenever people ask me who did I play, I always, I always say, the, the black person. I was like, I don't know. What you know, gay I, person always, is like, who did you play? And just, well, it's only, it's only weird when they go, I actually really love Angels. I'm really familiar with Angels. Who did you play? And I'm like, the only black person in the show. Go, but go off, sis. Um, you were Harper. You'd be like, a great Harper. Yeah, I was Harper. Like, who do you think I was? Um, but it, I mean, it was really great. I was also there with, I mean, with some really great actors with Randy Harrison from uh, Queer as yes, Folk. Yes, from Queer as Folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, Steven Spinella, who was uh, the original mm-hmm. um, prior on the Broadway. The original. Two, yeah, two wow. awards. It was great. Really. Was, and I was there for six months. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was gonna. I was gonna ask how long it was. I'm actually doing. My friends and I in quarantine are doing a reading of it on Zoom. And um, who are you? I'm, who are you? I'm, I'm Prior, of course. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. But um, very Steven Spielberg. Yeah. 
You know that scene, right, Bowen? You know the play. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but it's like anyway, one of the last scenes in, in, uh, in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. their first half. But mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's interesting because I hadn't, I actually realized I hadn't seen it because I didn't see the recent Broadway version with Andrew Garfield, um, and I hadn't seen it since I had watched the miniseries. I have not read Angels in so long. Well, to your friend, um, Millennium Approaches, Belize mm-hmm. is only in like three or four scenes. We um, can include Mr. Lies as well. And then Miss Thing in Perestroika, she is in, I think, like a ton, 17 or 19 yeah. scenes. Like, like, yeah, and it's like back to back to back. Oh, to back. yeah. With a with with real, 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 real good scenes, too. I mean, I, it's so funny because, like I said, it has been so long since I've seen it because I was younger when I watched the miniseries with um, Al Pacino, Meryl Streep, um, Patrick Wilson, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeffrey Wright played the Belize role um mm. but it's been such a long time and now as like a gay adult it's so much more it really just hits it's just such a piece of art invite me. i would like to come listen if it's if, if i'm free oh my god i mean we would be thrilled what I, an all it's, seven hours <laughs> <laughs> truly it's just like act by act but um but yeah it's it's amazing and i it's it's You're so both, interesting both shows in one sitting no, 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 no. It's every Tuesday we read a different, we read um, uh, like a, an One act. Ounce. Yeah. It's so fascinating to read it and realize how, how prescient it is. Like it's really mm-hmm. interesting, especially in, in a pandemic to be, and not to compare it to what AIDS was, but it's interesting to hear like the paranoia about illness and the uncertainty and also to be, um, written that takes place during a time where the government didn't have our best interests in mind. It's just really, it's really a timeless piece, unfortunately. Before you do Boys in the Band, do August Osage County, and then after Boys in the Band, The Inheritance, but that's Hopefully also like, we're not fucking doing this anymore. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, um, do you guys really. remember back when we thought quarantine was going to be a month? That was so funny. I yeah, know. when they said we'd have to do this for a couple weeks, I thought I was going back to work and everything. Well, this is the other thing. Remember when Trump was saying, like, the first week of quarantine, this will be over by July or August. And now that it's July or August, I'm like, LOL, what a time to well, be Well, they alive. thought that the, the heat would kill the virus. Yeah, like, yeah, as yeah, if yeah, that yeah. was a real What? Thing. That's like, what they had said. I mean, they were, like, they were like, of course, in the summer months, the virus won't survive. We know this. And it's like, do we know this? Well, we're not and in a fucking oven. It's not that fucking hot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I'm not even a scientist. <laughs> I dropped out of theater school, and I know that. <laughs> what what are you doing in WeHo? Are you quarantining there? Have you been there for a while? Girl, this is a long ass story. I came here to look for a house. I was going to buy a house in LA, but then I can't look for a house. But I already bought the tickets. With my, my boyfriend had a surgery, so I'm here to like look look after him and say hey to him and all that. Jazz. No. Okay. Well, so you're thinking about relocating though? Yeah. It's good. The, it's, I mean, it's the move. Yeah. You know, Bo, and I want to quickly talk about how remarkable. Um, and great that uh, coal miner scene you did with RuPaul was. Oh, thanks. We were just talking about that before. How it wasn't in the real show. It was a, it was a thing they put online, and thank was, God they but did. But I felt like time. all the gays caught their hands on it. It was so yep. great. It was really, really good. I was, I was talking about how one of my worst moments at the show was when that sketch got... It wasn't cut for time at first. It, it was moved to later on in the show, like after the second time the musical... After the second time Justin Bieber went on. So I was like, it's definitely getting cut for time. It's definitely getting cut for time. It did. And then I... 
Yeah, one I of fucking Justin Bieber songs. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. So literally when Justin Bieber was on stage, I can tell the story. When Justin Bieber was on stage the second time and I was like, the, the odds of this coming to term are not good. So I went out to see Justin Bieber's number and then I sidled up next to Lauren because Lauren sits, stands on the floor whenever the musical guest goes up. And I went up to him and whispered to him, can we please put the dress rehearsal version online? And then he goes, yeah, we can. Because I was like, because I had explained to like, because I was like, because he knew that like, this was such an important show for me that like, I'm not going to feel this way about any other host. Like, it's Rue, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, as much of like a, a, you know, a a little like Rorschach test Rue is for a lot of queer people now, it's like, it's it's still RuPaul. Like, it's still Rue, you know? You don't need to explain it to me. RuPaul changed my life in, in a lot of ways and I don't expect anyone to be perfect. So I don't need any explanation of why Rue's important. Me of all people, Mary. I don't sure, like sure. But it's like, and we can all like as like. I thought you like settle up. To, I thought you like. I'm surprised you didn't send uh, Nancy Kerrigan in and take out Justin's kneecap <laughs> to buy more time for your um, <laughs> for your fucking sketch. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, but oh, it was great. And I want to tell you that it was really lovely. Oh, thank you. It was like you know, like I I, I was proud of a lot of the like sort of queer leaning stuff that I'd gotten on the show in the past. And I was like, well, this is, it's Rue. Like I, I gotta like, you know, try to like throw in something fun and like, but also like classic. And so, you know, we just basically wrote like a dynasty scene taking place. Yeah, in it, was, mine, it, was it? it was very, uh, yeah. It was, it was obviously burned in the bottle at some point. It was very, <laughs> burned in the bottle at some Yeah. <laughs> burned in the bottle. <laughs> Diane Carroll. Lifted right drag from... name. Burned, burned in a bottle. Burn a bottle. Bernadine bottle. Wait, you know, I thought of I thought of one before. Has anyone done this? Head a topper? Head a topper? Like Miss Head a Hopper? No? Yeah, oh, I, th- I, I think no one I think no one's done it because it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's a really bad dragon. Shot no dead. <laughs> Honestly, I said it and I was like, this is a C plus attempt. Yeah, I oh heard I God. heard you lose your enthusiasm as you were saying it. <laughs> You're like, has anyone done this head a topper? Um, yeah, head a topper. I died inside. I, I, I'm a really big fan of. Uh, are you familiar with Mommy Dearest at all? Like, yes, yes, well, yeah. I just wa- I just watched it recently. Like gay familiar, yes. not just a little familiar. With, gay like, familiar. Like, are you, what, what are you gonna bring up? What, what, what's the reference? A, ba- a great drag name would be Barbara Please. <laughs> Barbara Please. please! And her sister, something. please Barbara. <laughs> Barbara Please, please Barbara. Please Barbara. Please Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> if you need anything else, Caroline. God, I mean. Barbara Please. Isn't that a great Bring drag name? The- Welcome to the stage, Barbara, please. Barbara, please. Please, Barbara. Something about the acts, too. If you need anything else, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. <laughs> you, you deliberately embarrassed me in front of a reporter. Of a reporter. reporter. These reporters. reporters. You love to make me hit you. It's so good. Truly, when Rue came, like there was, there was like a, a like twenty minutes where it was me, Rue, James Anderson, another gay writer at the show, and we we're just quoting Mommy Dearest, and just, but like the, the second that like Rue felt comfortable with us, I could tell was when, um, uh, was when I said, "I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt," and like <laughs> then like it all like fell away, and we were we were like on good terms, and it, it was it was all good from there. It's like when you're at a party, and one guy's like, "I'm just gonna do one bump of coke, so everyone knows it's cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I just gonna do it. In the, I'm just gonna do it in the middle of the room, 
So everyone here who's into coke, we're just introducing coke. it into the atmosphere, <laughs> and we're off, and then we're off. Well, that's um, also no. why you got to test the gauge. You got to know which quote to do. You can say that quote in some rooms, and it'll get nothing. But then yes. you'll look at someone and go, "Oh, so you agree? You think you're now you go? Really, you think yeah, you're yeah, really yeah. pretty? The yeah, yeah, millennial yeah, guys? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a generational yes. divide for sure. Um, but then, oh, our, our friend Sudi Green has a really good one. I think a really good drag name, which which is old tweets. But I think old, old before tweets. anything. <laughs> Old before anything is is a good drag name. <laughs> oh, here comes old tweets. <laughs> old tweet. A good drag king name is a Lincoln bio. Lincoln, Lincoln bio is a great Lincoln one. Lincoln bio is good. Or yeah, or or, yeah. or delete delete a tweet. Delete a tweet. <laughs> delete a tweet. My she favorite just says thing really is horrible things. When whenever anyone refers to um, whenever there's an article that's like in a tweet that has since been deleted. I'm like, <laughs> I just love that sentence, that intro, like, in a tweet that has since been deleted. Well, I'm always intrigued by the fact that in these news articles, they always just, they actually URL copy the link mm-hmm. instead of screen grabbing. Like, mama, it's right. problematic. It's going to get taken away. Screen grab that mug, mom. Screen grab always. that mug. Always. Always. Screen grab that mug, mom. Rule of culture. Um, um, Bob, I just want to, I did want to say thank you for giving us a fuck, our fucking favorite episode of Game Show, too. You came out and slayed that. So Oh, good. Thank so you. Great. You're so sweet. Thank you. I had a lot of fun that day. It was weird. We had a and Darcy no reached out to me on the internet, and I was like, "Oh my god, hi!" She's the best ever. Yeah, she's really sweet. She's the best ever. Wonderful. Um. All right. So, what do you say, Bowen Yang? Is it time? I think it's well, time. Well, before I do that, I can't leave. I know I said it before air, but I want everyone to know that I also appreciate Matt Rogers because I was talking to Matt about his hit song "Be a Bitch" to his closest <laughs> friend, this pride. Huge, available huge. on Instagram and YouTube, I'm sure, <laughs> at some point. Because that was like something Bowen and I were doing for fun or whatever. And then once Jinx Monsoon liked it, I was like, oh, maybe it this thing has legs. And I still have a standing offer from her to go into the studio and do a recording of it. And you she said she would me. jump on the track. And I'm saying now Bob the Drag Queen also needs to be on the track. Oh, you should do it. Yes. Listen, fuck Jinx. You want some cabaret uh, <laughs> jazz version? No. You and me are going to do a bitch track called Be a Bitch to Your Closest Friend, His Pride. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm down. And also, you know, Jinx contacted me and she was like, I'd like to do the song in my show. And I was like, please. <laughs> please do it. She's probably performed it more than I have at this point. Listen, I'm going to say right now, Matt, we got we to gotta trade numbers. We're going we're gonna to get Be a Bitch to Your Closest Friends popping. Trending. Hot 100. You're, you're seeing a, the beginnings of a collab. Wow. I'm, I'm into it. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas. And I'm Bowen Yang. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia and Intuit QuickBooks. All right, let's do I Don't Think So, Honey. So this is our finale of every episode of Las Culturistas, which is I Don't Think So, Honey. We take 60 seconds to rail against something in pop culture that, let me tell you something, we hate. Sorry to say the word hate, but this is we're saying it. We don't like it. It needs to be dressed down. Bowen, I do have something I could do. Okay, that's good. Um, I've got you on the clock. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Bugs. You have to go. I understand that we need some of you for the environment, but sugar, we are already going down absolutely swinging in that area. So we're actually going to let go of bugs. I have to say, I don't think so, honey. Bugs, you're itchy, you're crawly, you're ooky, you're booky. You are Ooh. not it. You, can I say something? You're too small. And if you're big, fuck you even more. Fuck Damn. bugs of all kinds. And fuck the stinging that bugs do. I'm out here on Long Island. I'm dealing with the humidity. The bugs are out here. They're not here to play. They're here to bite. They're here to suck. They're here to fuck, unfortunately. I'm sorry to say. Mm. Here's what I'd say. Bugs... I like seconds. no media about you. Not even Ants, which has J-Lo, which I usually love all her shit. J-Lo was not even giving you 10% in the movie Ants. I don't want to watch A Bug's Life. I'd rather get thrown into a lava pit. No bugs. I don't think there's any bugs. And that's one minute. Wow. And there's none in Los Angeles. 
That's not true. Shut that's up. That's just a falsehood. <laughs> Shut up. You're both Ow, wrong. Get out of here. No, that's just because you're an actor. That's uh, that's because you have uh, the acting ability actor. to play Belize. And I don't believe that there was a bug right there. <laughs> you believe that's called word play. That's, I mean, I, I think, don't think, I think so, honey. Bugs, and they can go. If if this earth is sinking the way I feel it is, we can get rid of them. Bugs found dead. Bugs, bugs about. Bugs will outlive us all. Bugs, yeah. Bugs are bugs are here to stay. I'm sorry, man. Well, but... it's odd. I think that the reason why bugs are doing so well is because they aren't expected to stick around as long. You know, as the longer animals stick around, the worse off they are. Why are elephants always extinct, and why are there so many fucking flies? It's truly wow. the worst. The worst animals are the ones that there's a lot of. It's true. I would love to see more pandas out here, mm-hmm. but you know what? There's just not very many of them. Also, there was a lot to I don't think so, honey. This week, and I chose bugs. I could have I don't think so, honey. Anyone tweeting about how the Cardi B and Megan single is uh, inappropriate? Go fuck yourself. Oh, who's saying that? No, it's it's like it's, it's like a lot of Republican congressmen being yeah. like, "What is this?" I'm like, God. "Why the hell do they care?" It's because they can have their little talking point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a ton to I don't think so, honey, this week, and I chose bugs. I I've got one. I've got a, I've got a pretty crazy one. I love when you have one. Okay, so I think you got a pretty crazy one. I, I think people will, people will relate. All right, so this is gonna be Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey. As time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Speaking of books, books with like the fake distress texture already? No. Let me distress the books on my own. I want to wear down the book with the elements in my house. Don't give me this like series of, of unfortunate events. Like, you know, when, like on the book, like when the pages get all like scratchy on the side, when they do that, they they, they distress it on purpose. Yes. To King. make the book seem rustic or something. I don't I don't even know what aesthetic it falls into, honey. I don't think 30. so, honey. Seconds. You selling me a book that is supposed to look bad when I don't know how that serves the narrative. I don't know how that serves the marketing. Mm. We're beyond this. The distressed books aesthetic is trapped in 2003. We are 17 years removed, transcended from that moment. Do not pull us seconds. back into the tide of 2003 because, look, we think the country's bad now. It's pretty bad back then, too. Five Maybe seconds. not as bad as it is now, but they, that Iraq war, that really did a number on everybody. <laughs> that Iraq war, and that's one minute. And that's one minute. So, Bowen, I get it. You want to you want to be the one to weather your own materials. Yes. I get it. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, it's the, Here, I have one right, right in front of, of me. Of course and I know what you're talking about. It's it's this thing. It's like It's got like the ridges there, you know? Like those kinds of books that are oh, like fake, torn up. Sure, sure, sure. You don't need to do the work no. in reading the book when it comes to Bowen Yang. You give it to him; he'll weather it himself. He will tear exactly. through these books. I mean, come I on. do. Lo- I do love that you're able to, re- you know, wear a book down physically, and that's something you miss from uh, from audiobooks or from uh, well, from yeah, from audiobooks and uh, ebooks. So it's actually a rule of culture: you can't wear an audiobook down. You can't wear an audio. It's a rule of culture down. number fourteen. No, fuck, it can't be fourteen. There's so many fourteens. Twenty-three. You can't, you can't wear, wear an, an audio book. Down. Down. All right, Bob the drag queen. Are we ready with an I don't think so, honey? All right, I just wrote one for myself. I didn't. I, I wanted to try to have one kind of done. So let's see if this is a minute at all. And if not, I'll start. I'll start ranting. You ready? This is beautiful. This is Bob the drag queen's I don't think so, honey. And uh, time starts now. Okay, I 
don't think so to showing your video in a Zoom. Why do you need to see my face? You already know what I look like. I chose this picture for a reason. This is a photoshopped image. And not only that, but I took this picture back when I first moved to New York City and I had the skin of a nut-free Milky Way chocolate bar. And now mm. I have a weathered-aged Reese's piece that you found in the couch after five years. No. I didn't shower this morning and I haven't showered in the last week seconds. at all, if we're being honest. And if I turn my camera, if I don't turn my camera on, you need to know that I'm only dressed from the waist up. And <laughs> on top of that, the only clean part of my apartment is the area you are seeing behind me. If yes. I turn my camera to the left seconds. or to the right, it's absolutely going to look like the day after the Stonewall riots. So when no. you log into the video and you say, can we see your face? Second, the answer is seconds. a flaming fucking no, you cannot. Oh, And that's one minute. Everyone, we should just make it clear that Bob, I think that was directed at us and, and we and we, we, no, we receive it. Yeah, we I just want to say, I, I, first of all, in this quarantine, in this quarantine, we have to be reserving something. And if that must mean face-to-face contact, we're happy to see you. And that photo that you had up before was, you know, was too Photoshop for, I mean, it was gorgeous, but that wasn't the real Bob. That wasn't the real Bob. That was a curated version. That was a curated. It was curated. Image. <laughs> oh, and, and and now he's hidden. He's hidden the video. Wow. And See, and already it's a less sort of visually commanding experience without you here. Engaging experience. And now he's back. Good. But that was an excellent. I don't think so, honey. Excellent. excellent. And you're right. What are the rules? I mean, like, if you're not like you know on the meeting, or if you're not like pulling focus it's like yeah i don't really want to be seen all the the, the entire time either I think I, the I'm rule having... is everyone knows their video is not on like when people are like your video is not on it's like <laughs> bitch yeah. we the fuck know yes we yes. know that to we us know. right before this and we were like i don't think bob's video is on he heard us the whole <laughs> fucking time he was just like getting ready rolling his fucking damn eyes at these two thagots um damn what a, what a pleasure for us to have you, Bob the Drag Queen. So wonderful. Oh, my pleasure. Thank it's you so much for coming on. It's, it's been really wonderful. I really think you're both really uh, magnificent. And um, what's good with uh, this reading of your show? You're going to do a reading of your your um, your play? Night Soap is uh, it's on the schedule. We just don't know where it is on the schedule. But we're we going to figure out about yet. that. And then we will let everyone know. Um, but basically, Bowen and I wrote a, we what was it? Anfest. It was ours. It was for Anfest years ago. Yeah. And we, Ruby Rue, who I'm sure you know, got up, got us all up in drag, and beat our face for the very first time ever. And we basically played two warring women in the chocolate mm-hmm. industry. Yes. And we wrote a whole play about it. And uh, Bowen and I are going to do it. And we'll be donating all the money that people um, would sort of. Throw our way to watch it. Not that you have to in order to watch it, but is it, it's, is it a two-person show? It it's is. a two-person show. Yes. How exciting! I cannot. I can't wait to see. I would love to. Whenever it happens, let me know. I, w- I would love to attend. Oh, oh my god! I, th- I think you might like VIP. it. This is not. I I feel like I'm confident enough in the writing and just in your. Um, and your sensibilities that I think you would enjoy this. I really do. I don't normally it's, say this. It's a about... throwback to the Dynasty era. War paint. It's very war paint. Is there like a timeline? Like in the next month? In the next I month. I would say in the next month. Yes, yes. That was so, a soft. So, in the, that was a soft. <laughs> yes. 
No, it's in the next month. That was a had a that was a had a topper delivery. Your yeah. voice did, yeah. your voice didn't go up an octave, but it went up a few notes. You modulated. Had a topper. <laughs> You're modulated. like in the next month. Is it huh? better if it, if it, is it better if it's teta topper? Yeah, no. in the next month. <laughs> well, Bowen we tends to be Bowen tends to be a little bit busier than me with his job on the hits sketch show Saturday Night Live. Not anymore. Not for not for a while longer. Um. Well, yeah, we'll do it the next month. Yeah, we'll do we'll we'll do that. Um. And also, is we we totally forgot sibling rivalry. Sibling rivalry. You better be oh listening God. to Sibling Rivalry with the Monet Exchange, who is someone that we must get on this pod. Wonderful. We must get on this pod. Just I... say, Savior, to be nice to your podcast, don't have Monet here. <laughs> no, we <laughs> love Monet. I, I, I went on the exchange rate and it was so fun. And Monet, like, Monet's got the damn setup. Monet looks gorgeous over, over the Zoom camera, we gotta say. So Just, you're acknowledging yeah. that you saw her in person and she didn't look that good. Wow, Dragon. <laughs> Drag her. Wow, Bowen. I said she looked Read great. Her. And the library is closed. You said closed. it was set up. Not ha, her. We ha, love ha. all the New York queens. Every year, whenever the New York queens go on, we are in the corner. And also, you know, when you, know, you shift to the left and then the filter goes <laughs> off and you, and you look like Baby Yoda? Yeah. <laughs> Baby Yoda's cute. Baby I can Yoda's say it. A cutie. Yeah, I'm but, down but, Baby Yoda. But, but, are, but are you going to let Baby Yoda hit? That's the question. <laughs> yes. Did you see Baby Yoda in, in the WAP video? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's something I'm gonna need. Honestly, I just tweeted the other day a picture Baby of Baby Yoda singing "Wop Good Night." Pussy, what ass it is! Damn, Baby, Baby Yoda, Yoda talk absolutely dirty to me. <laughs> Baby Yoda speaking in adult Yoda's voice. Gorgeous. Another yes. jarring you, you moment. You, you just, you just dragged me. You exposed me. I've not seen the Mandalorian. I'm just jumping on the Baby Yoda. You're meme missing wagon. zero. You're missing zero. Yeah, all right. Yeah. He didn't well, watch Mandalorian. You didn't watch Mandalorian. No, definitely not. But I did watch We're Here, which is renewed for a second season. Congratulations. Ooh, the plug uh, of it all. And then the, let's win that fucking Emmy, shall we? In fact, before you go, let's see who the fuck you're up against. I want to I want to I want to be We're up against okay. uh, Amy Schumer. We're up against Kevin Hart. And we're up uh-huh. against. Um... Okay, yes. Amy Schumer learns to cook. That ain't winning an Emmy. Cheer. Oh, cheer. Oh, cheer. That was the other one. Cheer. Cheer, cheer is a cultural moment. But you know yeah, what? We are, people te- love we are cheer. team. We're here. I love cheer. I remember not that much about the show. Like with some distance, I'm like, oh, it was it was all very it, it was in it, it was very sort of it didn't occupy a space in my brain for that long. And I love it. I think it's a wonderful work, but I feel like we're here is just so important culturally. And on and, top of all just... that, I heard that the director of Cheer is a um, Holocaust denier. Damn. Come on. Well, no, that's well, not that's true, actually... but I'm spreading the rumor. It's not true. But I'm, <laughs> no! trying to just, I'm trying to get that out there. So that... I'm going to have to vote elsewhere on that one. <laughs> That was not, that's not true. I need to say that. Okay. Okay. I don't, Listen, I don't know this is a campaign, true. and on the campaign trail, things get very ugly. You get dirty. We have um, to. Okay, but also, can we say three out of five of these shows are super, super queer? So you got to love that. You love that, right? But two I'm still mad shows, at the Emmys. Then, there's, there's two drag shows there, and also yeah. Untouched. I'm kidding. <laughs> <And> also, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, damn. Wonderful. Uh, Damn. Bob the Drag Queen, Bob. thank you for coming and doing Lost Cult. My pleasure. Thank you all. And um, I'll see you at that reading. Uh, yes. Yes. And also, you know, we end every episode with a song. Isn't that right, Bowen Yang? It, it's right. That's right. And here we go. 
Does he love me? Does he love me? There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly burst. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.